Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Well, an interesting column by John Romano in the Tampa Bay Times asking, is Tom Brady really the GOAT? And we can dive into that as well as our roundtable question, who's more responsible for the Patriots' success, Brady or Belichick? Super Bowl Monday night featured... A dumb thing to say about Brady from a Rams cornerback who interfered with the Saints winning and going to the Super Bowl. And uh, there is much mutual admiration for Sean McVay and Bill Belichick. But Brady is not going to help Rams quarterback Jared Goff, who was seven years old when Brady won his first Super Bowl over the Rams. We've got all that and more in this edition of Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times, along with producer Steve Bursnick. Before we get started on this podcast, hey, do you want to be a millionaire? Well, for 30 years... Howard and Sue Million have brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area, making thousands of residents millionaires with their quality products and services. Millionaire is currently offering 0% interest for 72 months on qualifying equipment. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 and take advantage of their great offer on brand new quality train air conditioning units, or you can schedule service or maintenance. Call 727-862-2100 today. Trust the masters of comfort, Millionaire. All right, Steve, so Super Bowl Monday night, the big extravaganza that uh, used to be media day on Tuesdays, now moved to primetime with primetime, Deion Sanders, as a matter of fact, on the NFL Network. We, uh, we're going to talk about that in just a minute. A little weather forecast, though. I mean, it's cold everywhere, right? I was cold all day today. How cold Tampa, is it? Florida. Oh, wait, no way, that's different. Well, yeah, it's, well, that's pretty much where we're at. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. One to two inches of snow are being forecasted for Atlanta, and they're going to shut down schools and government. This is not a good thing. Oh, they have. I was to. at the because they, ha- they have oh, they have no way to clear roads or put salt down enough in the city to do that. They got no equipment, right? No. They're not prepared, and they don't, it's, it wouldn't be worth the investment for them to do it because it snows so infrequently. And yet, this sounds and feels so much like the other night we were talking about the last Super Bowl in Atlanta um when when we you know they had the ice storm and everybody could not go any place so who put the curse sort of, on atlanta as a super bowl host city i don't know i don't know but i'll say this better atlanta this year than minneapolis whoa i mean we missed that by one year thursday morning it's supposed to be 35 below zero with a wind chill of around 55 below jeez the cold, That's crazy, when I, li- I lived there for three winters. You don't say how many years you lived there. It's how many winters. Mm. And the coldest it was, three mornings, it was 40 below wind chill. That was awful. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah, and you'd still, see, you'd still see people out running at 6 in the morning. Jogging. I mean, I could even, you know, last year when I was up in Minneapolis for the Super Bowl, there were a couple days where it was minus, you know, minus 5, minus 6. I mean, at one point, it was only three degrees warmer in Antarctica. Now, maybe Antarctica was having a warm spell. I don't know. But it was damn cold in Minneapolis, too. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Nothing like this. Can you imagine? Uh, and Minneapolis can handle almost anything as far as cold and snow and, you know, the roads and everything goes because they're they're completely equipped for it. But, I mean, that's 
you, you literally couldn't go outside for more than a few minutes just trying to go from hotel to bus to wherever. Well, they have the skyways um, in downtown Minneapolis that connect all the buildings like they above do. the roads. And a, a friend of mine was on Facebook the other day saying it was so cold he was going to wear his winter jacket on his indoor walk to work. Yeah, you need to because those aren't they're in they're while they're indoor they're not really insulated right, right, and right. they are much colder. Um, but man, that's just that's unbelievable. And so this this cold front's going to dip down, of course, into the south. And but by the middle of the week, I think it's going to warm up and be in the 50, 60 degree range. So I love it that my five year old son. We walk to school every morning. The elementary school is just up the street, mm-hmm. and he's always like, "I love snow. I love snow." He's never been close to snow. <laughs> and he's I was always like, I love snow. I want to, you know, I'm going to play in the snow. And then we'll walk to school and it's 45 degrees. He's like, I'm cold. I'm like, hey, buddy, you know that snow you talk about you love? <laughs> yeah. It's really cold. That's the thing, you know. And uh, it's different, though, if you like, if you have the mindset that you're going to play in it. Like, when I love to go skiing. I love to go out to Denver. And, you know, you'll go up there sometimes in February or whatever. And it'll be, you know, it'll be single digits easy in a wind show of minus. And, but yet, you're, there's something about you bundle up, you dress for it. There's you're skiing. You know, it's a hardy type endeavor, and, uh, and and you don't think about it as much. You're very cold, but um, it, it's just different. And this is not this is not what they expected in Atlanta. But Anthony they do Munoz, have a I, I will tell a, a, a story. You'll appreciate this one. So Anthony mm-hmm. Munoz, I'm talking to one day. I worked in Cincinnati for many years, so he was part of our Bengals coverage yep. and the Freezer Bowl, the 59 below windshield game that Cincinnati played against the Chargers in the playoffs, the coldest game Kenny ever. Kenny Anderson, right? Was he the quarterback yes, then? I yes, think? absolutely. Yeah. So Munoz said, we knew the game was over during warm-ups. And I said, you know, well, how'd you know that? He goes, because it's San Diego. He goes, no, well, that's part of it. But he goes, the whole offensive line said, it's 59 below zero wind chill. It doesn't matter how many layers we have on. We're going to freeze. And they came out in mm-hmm. shirt sleeves for warm-ups. <laughs> and the looks on the Chargers' eyes was just, they were defeated. Yeah. It was over. And, and part the of it's there from San Diego, up. but it was, he was like, it doesn't matter if we put what three layers of, you know, sweatshirts or whatever underneath, we're still going to be freezing. It's 59 below zero and we're playing football yeah. in snow. He said it was, you could see in their eyes, it was over. Just the same. I think I would wear the sleeves. I that would. used to be the case, you know, for years, the Bucks never won a game under 32 degrees or 40 degrees, whatever it was. Um, and that, that was always the case with them. It, it's, I mean, it's hard. I mean, I think. You know, I've always said this, like teams that come down into the Florida heat while it's hot, um, but they've been working out up north, they're, de- they're hydrated, they haven't been living in it, sweating every day. They can get, they can manage to to tough their way through three hours of, of just humid heat. Um, whereas, you know, when you play in the cold, you know, things things happen, right? I mean, the, the ball becomes... Uh, much heavier, you know, in terms of like it feels feels harder. It feels more like a rock when you kick it, uh, when you catch it, that sort of thing. And and you know your hands trying to catch footballs in that weather. It just there's a different the the, the elements that you can, you're not used to. It's not just merely temperature. You know, I always thought it was a disadvantage when uh, you know when a team like Tampa. And it might just been because they weren't very good a lot. Uh, would go up to places like Green Bay or uh, you know Chicago or some of those places, and they would struggle. So, but that won't be, I mean, look, the game's going to be fine. They got a roof on them. I get all that. And like I said, the cold's going to pass, but it's, it's going to be damn cold and a little bit snowy as well tomorrow. So Super Bowl Monday night uh, took place. And I mentioned, uh, you know, going into the, uh, into the podcast, of course, all eyes are on Tom Brady, who, you know, suddenly thinks that, uh, 
nobody gives them a chance, even though they've been favored, I think, in 67 of their last 68 games all time, which is absurd, right, that they're playing this uh, underdog card. But he's always been the quintessential underdog, so he's still playing. Remember the whole send-off and we're still here and all of that. But uh, John Romano had written an interesting column I wanted to talk about a little bit about Brady and, and you know, the eternal debate that uh, – and, and it's really beauties in the eye of the beholder to some degree. We'll get into that a little bit. But, you know, who is the greatest quarterback of all time? For some people, it's Johnny Unitas. For some people, it's Terry Bradshaw or uh, Joe Montana, you know, certainly is there, John Elway even. And, and, and that's sort of the way it goes. But I think most people agree now because Brady has separated himself with going into what is now his ninth Super Bowl and five rings and an opportunity to win six, which no player, forget about quarterback, Charles Haley has five, he's tied with him, but no player has ever won six. So, you know, Romano, as you get into the column, you realize, you know, why he's saying um, that the argument is 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 sort of over, um, you know, that, that Tom Brady is is the GOAT. And um, I can't, it's, it's hard to disagree. Uh, I, and I would say this, that, Quarterback is a very dependent position. You're depending on everybody on the team. It's obviously one of the most important ones in football. But it's always hard to compare eras, Steve. We talked about this, how, you know, rules change, um, you know, the way the game is played, the punishment you take. I think it would have been very hard for some of those guys to have played into their 40s the way Tom has. And I give Tom credit, um, you know, because of his nutrition and all the things he does and shows no signs of stopping. At least he's not stopping after this game. But, you know, you've got guys that have four rings. Like I said, we mentioned with Bradshaw, Montana has four. Now he has five. And he, even though he's, you know, been in nine of these, this will be his ninth one, and he lost a few, I just feel like I agree with John. I think I think the argument is over. I don't think anybody can 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 rightfully say that, that, that Brady uh, isn't going to go down unless somebody passes him years from now as the greatest quarterback of all time. Well, and I, I think there's a compelling case for Montana. And, and, you know, we kind of talked about this beforehand. I, I agree it's Tom Brady. But you can, there's a couple cases you can make for Montana, particularly he's 4-0 in the Super Bowl. Bradshaw sure. was as well. Although, mm-hmm. and I would say that getting there more often is more important than just winning the ones you were there. I mean, the goal is to win as many as you can, and Brady's won more than any other quarterback. Yeah. And he could win more than any more. other player. He's lost more. Well, I, you yeah. know, to get there nine times in 18 years. Phenomenal. Is, is stupid. 13 uh, championship games in, yeah, stupid. in 18 seasons. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, I, but, but you know, in Montana, uh, you know, you look – the other thing I'll say about Brady and Belichick and why I think Brady becomes the GOAT is the roster changes so quickly. You didn't used to have mm-hmm. that. You know, Bradshaw, you know, when they when they won four Super Bowls and it was like well, six or seven team. seasons, it was yeah, basically the same, same team, team for seven years. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Brady, every year it's, you know, one or two receivers comes back, but it's a whole new set of skill position players almost every, you know, every two or three years pretty much rotates out except for maybe one guy. Yeah. I mean, he's never had Hall of Famers around him on offense except for Randy Moss one season. Randy Moss, yep. You know, it, it, when you look at what he's done it with on the offense, now granted, their offensive line has been very good throughout the years, which is a big mm-hmm. reason for their success. And I think right. Belichick's – game planning, both offensively and defensively, can't be touched in today's NFL. Mm-mm. Nope. You know, but it's a team sport, so it's, it's all it all factors into it. I mean, you know, we've talked about the whole debate of, you know, Brady or Belichick, you know, who's more responsible for this run? 
Yeah. Well, well, let's get into that in just a minute. I just want before we do, um, you mentioned some of the numbers, and, and it's true. You know, Brady is sort of, as John Romano writes, and I'll just read this because I thought it was well written. He says, Brady checks all the boxes and more. He's a thinking man's quarterback, the third down quarterback, the fourth quarter quarterback, January's quarterback. Um, all those things are true, and that's how sort of how you judge quarterbacks. No one in the foreseeable future will likely match his 29-10 and 10 postseason record. Montana at 16-7 and 7 is next on the list of victories. Um, and I, I also, you know, a lot of that is because, well, just before we, before we go on, some of that record is because they have more expanded playoffs now. You know, they didn't yeah. have two wild card teams and all that. So although the Patriots generally get a bye every, every they usually year. do, but, but, but still there was, there were some times where yes. they played probably more playoff games in a season. Um, but and, his, and we, we talked winning, about this the other day, Brady has more playoff wins than all, but like four teams in the NFL. Yeah. It's It's nuts. Um, his winning percentage in the postseason is 744. Uh, only Bart Starr, uh, who is 900, uh, played played in 10 playoff games his entire career, and and then it goes on and on. You know, I I think this this other thing about Brady and and I've I've always come down on this side of the argument, and I don't know why, but I just I I like I think that Belichick is the best living or not living coach of all time. I mean. You know, you can talk about Lombardi and all those guys, and and I get it. But I've never seen in my lifetime, anyway. I've never seen a coach that could do do different things with with different players. And Brady is the only constant through all these Super Bowls. He's the only player that has been to all of them. And and of course, Belichick has been his coach all those times. Um, so I think I think Belichick is is absolutely brilliant. Having said that, though, if you're talking about who's more responsible. For the success, and again, Brady is one player. There has to be a good team around him. You know, uh, that's Belichick's job. They have to they have to be well coached, et cetera, for Brady to win. Um, but as his starting quarterback, Belichick's record, as Romano points out, is two hundred seven and sixty uh, as an NFL head coach. With anyone else as his quarterback, Belichick is a mere fifty four and sixty three. A lot of those losses probably came with the Browns, but uh, in the one year. But after that, they won. Um, and the only time, the only time the Patriots didn't reach the playoffs, even though they won a bunch of games that year, in the past fifteen seasons, was a year that Brady tore his ACL, uh, and they went with what Matt Castle. Is and that they right? went eleven and five, which was a good record and it really good. But I think the same Miami record the was Patriots twelve had and, this year. Yeah, I think Miami was twelve and four and might have won the division. Um, so yeah, they lost. You know, that, they lost in the. There was like three or four teams tied at eleven and five that year, and they lost in like the fourth divisional tiebreaker or something. Right, right, right. But you know, look, it, it, you're splitting hairs if you're trying. And it, the, the the genius of this is that those two guys have been together. And I've always said, you know, the NFL more than any other league, it's a coach quarterback league. You have to start there. Those two have to be have a have a very um, close relationship and believe in the same things. And and like I said, so many different players. Uh, that have come through there that Belichick has gotten for Brady, and Brady has made um, in, into stars, whether you're talking about Julian Edelman or you know Wes Welker, some of those guys, never was given the cream of the crop in terms of you know big measurables of wide receivers and whatnot other than Randy Moss. So you marvel at it. But let's agree, it's a different game too today. I mean, it just is. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think th- none of those guys could play into their 40s because, frankly, they took too much punishment. And their wide receivers also took a lot of punishment. And the game has just evolved. And 
Tom can sit back there, and he's so smart, and he gets the ball out of his hands. And he made it clear the other day, as we talked about yesterday on the podcast, that this is not going to be his last football game. Um, he plans to play next season. I think in a couple of years there's going to be you know, some CBA strife, so maybe that ends up getting him at, at the end. But as long as things are running smoothly, he, he intends to play. And, and, of course, every year you know, his wife Giselle comes out and says she's begging him to quit. Um, you know, but that that's sort of where we are with this guy. I mean, it's just it, it's it's a record like no other. You know, it was funny when they were talking. You know, they come out on the stage and uh, before the the Rams were out first, and then the Patriots walk out, and they kind of want to do this thing where um, there's a little interaction between the two Super Bowl teams, right? So they sit Brady and Golf down. Here's a cool fact: a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact. You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. In the same chair, and then I got Belichick, you know, um sort of over there with uh McVeigh but uh they asked they asked Brady um you got any words of advice to this guy you know who was you know you were there 16 years ago whatever it was getting ready to take on the St. Louis Rams and you were the young quarterback then and you know what what advice he goes I'm not giving this guy any advice <laughs> like it was, but it was so you, you knew it was coming and yet it was so like why would he right I mean, I'm not going to – and then the stunning thing the stunning thing to me about that whole interview was Jared Goff was seven years old when Tom Brady won his first Super Bowl. He was seven. Incredible. Think about that. And he, and he goes, do you remember it? He goes, no. He says, I was a kid. I don't remember. He goes, the first one I remember was Carolina. Well, that was 2003, I believe. Um, you know, the 2003 season. Oh, no. Was it, was it the 03 season? Carolina, yeah, I think it was. Yeah, it was, it was after the Bucks won their Super Bowl, um, 03 season, January of 04 is when they played him. And he goes, yeah, I remember that one because Adam Vinatieri, you know, kicked a field goal in the last second. They beat Carolina. Um, but, yeah, man, Jared Goff was seven. This He's playing a dude that was been playing since he was, like, seven, you know? And what chance would you think he would have against the GOAT? Actually, I think he has a pretty good one. But, yeah. It blew me away. It really does. And, and the whole Brady story, and we've talked about this before, too, and, and being a Michigan fan, I, I know a little bit more. But the funny part about him at Michigan is he wasn't liked at Michigan. The fans did not want him to be their quarterback. Well, they wanted, what, Drew Henson? Well, he followed, he followed Brian Greasy, who won a national title in 97. Yep. So 98's his junior year. And Drew Henson is the kid from Brighton, Michigan, two-star two, uh, athlete, baseball and football. He's been mm -hmm. idolized in Michigan since he was in seventh grade. And he's a freshman at Michigan. And Brady beats him out both in 98 and 99. Beats him out both years. And they tried to let Henson play. And they even did a couple, you know, rotating quarterbacks in for a couple games early in the season. And Brady won out both years. And the fans hated it. And Brady's always Cause... taken that chip on his shoulder, too. Yeah. Matter of fact, he no, talked he... about he, – he almost transferred from Michigan. Because of Drew Henson. He, and, and some of the players did. there talked him into staying. And, and you know, and, and it was Lloyd Carr who told Bill Belichick about Tom Brady's a good quarterback. 
You should take mm-hmm. him. You should consider taking him. He was a bad athlete. Um, you know, we've all seen the combine underwear shots or whatever, and, 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 and you know, just a horrible body and didn't look have much strength and, and all those things. And he was, you know, he was number 199 in the draft as a result of it. Look, at the, if the Patriots were so smart, they certainly would have taken him in the first round, not, not the sixth. Um, so they, they let it, let him slip by five times before they grabbed him. But yeah, I mean, his, his story, nobody really forecasted him being, becoming the greatest of all time, but he was obsessed, uh, with, you know, everything after that, you know, he grew up watching Montana and that in Northern California, which is where he's from. Sure. Sure. That was another chip, by the way, Mm -hmm. because I believe like scholarships out there, he couldn't get any. He couldn't get any, and then and then the and then the nine, Niners who needed a quarterback. I think they took Geno Carmazzi or something like that. Or Spurgeon you know, win. Right? Or no, that was the Browns took him. Oh, I mean, that was you know. the Browns. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, it was. Yeah, he was right there in the Bay Area, and um, you know, and they. I mean, like I said, a lot of teams, every team passed on him at least five times. Um, so, you know, okay, so you got you got a little bit lucky there, but Brady worked his magic, and Belichick. Um, is a guy he credits with so much of his success and and leadership and all the things that he learned to do and um, you know it's been a it's been a perfect marriage up to this point and neither one of these teams thinks they're going to lose on Sunday that's what came through I mean sometimes you can get a feel for like oh, okay they're a little you know they're sort of awed by their surroundings um, they're a little intimidated by this you know by the establishment you know the the team that's won five of them and everything. There doesn't seem to be any fear in the eyes of the Rams at all. They they seem to be as loose and and they're I mean they're such a talented team. But they have a lot of they have a lot especially. of veterans, not necessarily playoff veterans. They got right. a lot of veterans with a lot of swag, for lack of a better word. Yes, you know, no, that's a perfect word. You know, Akib Talib or Indomitian mm-hmm. Sue or you know a lot of these guys that everyone wondered whether they could all get along in that locker room. You know that was the thing going in this year. The Rams were taking a lot of chances on some guys that. You weren't sure how the locker room would play out at the end of the day. They had a good year last year. They signed a bunch of free agents, and it's, it's yeah. worked really well. And granted, winning usually does that. Well, it's but it's been tried before. Remember mm-hmm. the the dream team that the Eagles supposedly had one, mm-hmm. at one point with Michael Vick, and um, you know there's there's been instances in the NFL where people try to load up like that, and it just didn't work out. Uh, but you know this time, obviously, it did. And Indomitian Sue's playing great, and of course, you mentioned. To, this is, by the way, by my count, I could be wrong because I don't remember how many years he was in New, in New England, but uh, I think this is the third Super Bowl for Aqib Tlaib, who won one, I want to say, in Denver. Uh, maybe he didn't win it, but he was there, I want to believe, because I think I interviewed him. <laughs> but nonetheless, do you realize that Aqib Tlaib, if he continues playing much longer, he's going to end up being in the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Probably should be. I mean, he has those kinds of numbers. I'm I mean, just, his I'm looking up numbers his are, numbers right now. I mean, he's got well. He I, I want to say thirty-four interceptions, thirty-four, and I want to say going he's into this one. season that doesn't include this season. So right, but look at the pick sixes. I think he has eight for touchdowns, and I think the I think he's one away from tying Deion Sanders, or maybe setting the record. I'm not sure which, with nine uh, or ten uh, pick sixes in his career. Interceptions, you know. Yeah, he's got ten. He's got ten, ten touchdowns off interceptions going into. He's the got season. ten now. Going into this and season, that, I don't know if he. I don't think he had any this year, but. No, so so I think, but I think ten might might already tie Dion. I mean, that's the kind of company we're talking about. The guys, and look, 
I mean, he admits it. When he went to New England is when he learned how to be a professional and grow up, you know. I mean, the Tampa thing, I was right in the middle of that. I went down to Garland, Texas, and saw all that noise. And Rod Woodson leads him, with 12. Rod has 12? Darren Sharper, Charles Woodson with 11. Akib Tlaib is fourth with 10. Damn. So, I mean. Dion had nine, along with uh, Ken Houston and Aeneas Williams. Okay, those, those three guys are all in the Pro Football Hall of Fame that you just mentioned. Aeneas Winston, Ken Houston, and Deion Sanders. Yep, and Woodson, Sharper, and, and Woodson. And Sharper, yeah. well, he won't be in the hall, but that's for other reasons. Right, but you could, and he could be, and he could walk away with as many as two or three rings too. You know, this is the thing. Like he's he's becoming a bit of a Lord of the Rings guy. So yeah, Akib Talib, you know, who was a controversial, I think, twentieth overall pick back in the day. You know, some strikes against him coming out uh, of college, and uh, you know, and of course, got in his fair share of trouble with the Bucks, and eventually. Uh, you know, they wound up trading him to New England. So it's been quite a career. I mean, he did – He ha- I've talked to him. He's grown up quite a bit. And uh, and now he's the Sage veteran. They only have four guys on the Rams team, I believe, that has been to a Super Bowl, and, of course, he's one of them. So I, I still think the guy that can hijack this Super Bowl, and, and he is boring a little bit at the mic, but, but boy, people like him, is, you know, is Sean McVay. He is, you know, positioned to be the youngest quarterback – or quarterback, the youngest head coach to win a Super Bowl, just turned 33 years old. And there is a a clear mutual admiration society going on that is in session underway between, you know, McVay and Bill Belichick, who supposedly at some point during the year would text him, and they became a little bit of texting buddies. And that has just, you know, sort of, as McVay said, he thought it got a little blown out of proportion. Uh, I think Peter King did a story on it in Sports Illustrated, if you want to check that out. He rode into work one day last week. You know, McVeigh, I guess, was ready to go in about 10 minutes after 4 o'clock. And, 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 I mean, this guy has so many of the mannerisms and sounds like and some of the phrases of John Gruden, including the way he likes to grind and get up, you know, get up so early and get into work and uh, draw his own, you know, sort of, you know, play sheets for the day and practice and stuff like that. Um, he's very he's he's got so many things about him that remind you of John Gruden. Maybe maybe in a kinder, gentler version. Maybe not the profane. I'm going to get in your face and you know and, and scream at you and use bad words. But but he really does. He's really a bright guy that stimulates his team and and uh, they've done a great job of bringing in these veterans, which is not an easy thing to do. Um, so I really like their football team. And then there's Belichick who doesn't typically like anybody you know but he likes Sean McVay for whatever reason um you know Sean has shown him a lot of respect they spent some time I think what for whatever reason at the University of Georgia for a little bit um doing something and um they've they've become you know sort of friends and of course he marvels at the way Belichick is able to sort of morph his game plans from week to week to week based on opponents I mean that's that's the singular thing that in watching Belichick all these years that I have you never are going to get the same defense two weeks in a row because they're not playing the same team two weeks in a row. Uh, you know, most teams have what they do. They, you know, they're, they're a base four, three under defense, whatever. Um, you know, that's, that's what they, and that's what they're going to play. And you're going to have to, you know, find, find a way to get them out of it because that's, that's how good they are. Belichick on the other hand, looks at each opponent and you literally might think you're going to get X and you're not going to ever get it. He's going to, he's going to change it up. 
there's there's examples of uh, of of that in Super Bowls in the past. One of them being when they played the Rams that year. You know, the greatest show on turf. I mean, so many teams uh, had given up a ton of points. Of course, the Bucks nearly. Uh, you know, they they played them pretty tough at times. But what what Belichick did in in the Super Bowl was he decided, I'm just going to hit guys like Marshall Falk coming out of the backfield. And, you know, I'm going to disrupt the timing because they were such a a rhythm offense. And he did it, and they wound up, uh, of course, Tom Brady coming back late in that game and Venetieri kicking a field goal. But, yeah, there's there's no one as good as Belichick in my lifetime as far as making adjustments and has done it with just so many different players, you know. But the but he does have a lot of respect for for Sean, and I think that you know it'll be a special Super Bowl. I mean, look, if you were Steve, if you were going to beat somebody to win your first Super Bowl, could there be a better guy than Bill Belichick and Tom Brady? Just and Tom yeah. Brady. I mean, that, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's that dream comes true. I mean, the, the torch is sort of at that point. Even though I think those guys will be back. You kind of the torch is sort of passed to you, right? And and Jared Goff. So well, that's what you hope. That's what you hope that you you can follow it up. But yeah, that's uh, that's sort of what we're talking about here. So uh, I like the coaches. I like the matchup. We talked about this last night. I like the fact that the the Patriots are a villain, even though they they are favored. They're not the underdogs as they never are, despite what they try to tell you. And Brady was asked about that comment, you know, the other day, and um, he kind of you know he kind of stood by it. He was. Didn't want to elaborate, but I think he feels that other than him, people don't give his teammates enough credit, and I really think that's sort of what he's talking about. So lots from the Super Bowl this week. Uh, I'm going to be writing all kinds of stories uh, related to the Super Bowl and some of its players, including, uh, you know, you got Dante Fowler, for the kid from uh, Lakewood High in University of Florida that made the biggest play in the uh, championship game to help send the Rams there other than the pass interference. Oh, by the way, the dude that made the pass interference? Nico Robbie Coleman? Yeah, that dude. The guy with the three names. He's now he's now like pulling on Superman's cape a little bit. He, tr- here, he tried he? to walk it back a little bit at opening. A little night. bit. Yeah. You know, just saying they asked me the difference from when I played at Buffalo to now and I said his age. Yeah. But he said a little more than that earlier in the day. He did. He said his skills aren't as sharp and that which, to be honest, is true. Right. But you don't say it. Not a Super Bowl no, week, man. not for Tom Brady, who's the ultimate, I've got a chip on my shoulder. Oh, does he ever? Does he ever? He'll never let it go. The great ones don't. I'm telling you, the greater the player, the more they're able to tap into that. And, you know, well, I just, I, I still, the, the biggest thing I find amazing with Brady is not that the, the chip is that big, but that it stayed that big for that long. True, true. It's, you know, once you get that much success, a lot of times that chip, it's not, it's not, gone but it's eh, i don't need to work as hard i don't need to exactly and he, it, it for him it's not at all it's gone the other way he works harder now and takes better care of his body now than he probably ever did he's got it all man it's good i think it's going to be a great super bowl i like the matchup it's going to be a good week of interviews um you know you got the commissioner on wednesday who might actually acknowledge that they blew a call that would have sent the saints to a super bowl he still hasn't said anything I imagine that'll be the first question on Wednesday at the uh, commissioner's press conference. And then, um, you know, of course, all the stars that come by there. And I would think Hollywood will be there later in the week to root on the Los Angeles Rams. So it should be a fun one. So keep it right here on Sports Day Tampa Bay. We'll uh, we'll be talking about the Super Bowl all week as well as the Buccaneers. We might have some more news on them, of course, as the week goes on. And Bruce Arians uh, comes up for air as he – 
puts together his staff should be pretty much complete now. Bruce is going to be in Atlanta, I believe, on Thursday. He's got something to do up there with his charity, and then he'll be back here uh, for the weekend. And remember now, uh, if you want to be a millionaire, Howard and Sue Million, they've brought the cool comfort of air conditioning to the entire Tampa Bay area. Give them a call at 727-862-2100 and take advantage of their great offers on train air conditioning units and all their service. Again, that's uh, 727-862-2100. Trust the Masters of Comfort Millionaire. One more thing, Rick, before we go. The Lightning, we're back on the ice on Monday for practice. The the All-Stars were not there, but Tyler Johnson was back on the ice. Of course, he missed the last couple games prior to the bye week and then the All-Star break. That's a good thing. Yes, absolutely, it's good. So Tyler Johnson was practicing. They're, uh, they play in Pittsburgh tomorrow night, Wednesday tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. And then they've yeah. got uh, back-to-back in New York Friday and Saturday before returning I I home saw Tuesday some... against Vegas. Yeah, they travel to Pittsburgh, and, of course, the Penguins lost to the Devils 6-3, to so hockey is already back in action, and uh, Lightning will get an extra day or so to prepare for, uh, for that road trip. So we'll have lots to do uh, with the Lightning as well as they continue on. We'll see what kind of a second half, if you will, sort of season they'll have and maintain that lead in the Atlantic Division in the Eastern Conference. So uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, hope you uh, will do so tomorrow as well. For Steve Versnick, I'm Rick Stroud of the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.